Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, December 7th. Pearl Harbor is being bombed. West Ham show us who Chelsea really are. Liverpool are lucky again from Origi. Again. But before we run through the scores, Mike, talk to us about the Germans. Was it over? Was it over when Pearl Harbor was bombed by the Germans? Germans? Just let them go. Uh, it was. It's becoming a bit of a crystal knock. Speaking of uh, World War II in uh, in the Premier League, right? You've got teams getting got smashed Tuchel. by glass and and <laughs> yes, you've got Tuchel. And business is ruined. And uh, well, that's yeah, that's all over the U.S. I guess. But um, you know, Tuchel, Klopp, now Ragnick. Like, there's. I mean, Hassan Hudel, right? There's. A, he's a, German adjacent. He was part uh, of the Anschluss in 1938. He's, listen. He's got Nazi blood in him. Okay, let's be clear about something here. All right, he let's is a big, clear. tall dude. Here's the thing. Here's why we're talking about Germans. It's because it is Laurent's 25th birthday today, or yesterday, technically. Uh, and so, in when celebration show, of everybody's everybody's favorite psychopathic, self-loathing football <laughs> fan who Definitely loves, if you listen to the show, loves talking about World War II references in Germans as much as he loves his own family. Uh, I don't like the we decided much. to open the show with some Pearl Harbor and Crystal Knock jokes in honor of my friend Laurent. So happy birthday oh, to you, buddy. Thank you, friend. Many, many thank more. you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was calcified at 38 when you met me, and I'm definitely calcified now. But first, I'm going through the scores. Let's go do it. the roundup go first. It. Here I go. West Ham three, Chelsea two. Wow, e wow. West Ham were good. They're still fighting. Chelsea away, a bugaboo team for them. West Ham can be tell the world that they're kings of London. Chelsea slipping, slipping. Their XG gold is slipping away as Mendy falls through. I love Keep how going people... through and we'll come back to this game. Because yeah, I got a yeah, lot yeah, to say yeah. about it. Okay. Newcastle, get off the Schneid. Were they on the Schneid? Woo-hoo. They were on the Schneid and they're off the Schneid. They get a goal because a goalkeeper fucked up and the ball went off his head and he went too far. Burnley lose. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, that really counts as getting off the schneid if it if it's against Burnley, but they're they off don't the ask schneid. you how, they ask you how many. That's three in the, and, three uh, in the good uh, Southampton, Brighton draw again for the eighth time in 11 matches. Oh, one, we're going to come one, back to this one. 1-1 <laughs> one, with Burnley, with Brighton against Southampton. My friend Neil Mope sticks it in again to get the draw late. Uh, well, let's watch out for the Windex. Liverpool, oh God, with freaking Origi. Pull it out of their ass again. Nil one to Liverpool. One three Watford versus Manchester City. This was not even that close. Are you ready for the XG? 0.7 for Watford, 3.7 for Manchester City. That was a big, ugly goal. Our friend, Mr. Patrick Bamford, returns off the bench, 95th minute, knees it in against Brentford. Brentford looked like they were going to get a win in Ellen Road, and they can't do it. Oh, boy. Uh, Tottenham have a nice. An easy win at home against Norford, against Norwich City, quietly, quietly in fifth place because the league is so weird. Then we talk about our new German friend in Manchester United in Old Trafford. Uh, we were worried for United against Palace. The thing about this game, yes, they win one nil on Fred. They were in control. Something we cannot say about United ever, never, ever. Villa. It is the master. It is the pupil taking over the master. Uh, Aston Villa behind Gerard win 2-1 at home against Leicester. Leicester are in fucking trouble. There were some disallowed goals here that I have to talk about. And then today, Rafa de Benitez gets himself off the schneid. There's more schneids than I'd like to schneid about beating Arsenal. Arsenal falling back to earth, just like you said, a bit of a paper tiger, a bit of a youthful team. But first, we've got to go back to East London and the London Stadium. West Ham 3, Chelsea 2. And Mike, take it away. Really a big back and forth game. Um, a good one. A really a good one. But I, I just, we've talked about Chelsea a lot this year. And we've given them their due. Uh, but we've also been fair about it and said, look, these guys are not going to be there at the end of the year. And, and and let me be clear. By be there, I mean be looking in the eyes of Leicester, um, excuse me, of Liverpool and of Manchester City. They're not as good. That's just not where they belong, right? On and on a day, they can beat anybody. They proved in the Champions League last year. But there's 
there's just something about a 38 game schedule that they just, I called them flat track bullies. I called them a bunch of things where they're just, this is not meant as an insult. What it means is they're not one of the most dominant teams in the world right now. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's they're okay. Up, they're up there. They're just not as good as Liverpool and, and City. I think on their day, they're as good, if not better, as any team in the world. Consistently, they are not, right? I they don't have their day. Champions, I, I, I read something. Uh, it's it's an old trope, and it's true. Um, it was about Michigan, who, by the way, Big Ten champions. Um, <laughs> I read something where it was basically champions win on their best days, and champions find ways to win when they're not their best days, when they're off. This was clearly a game where Chelsea had 64% possession, but they just – and they had they scored twice, right? They got a, yeah, a goal Yeah, this is the game a, they, that, they, they sh- that they, they should let it not away. have lost. I think the big thing is Chelsea were on track to be one of the greatest defenses of all time. Uh, that might be a little bit out of their range now. And we're seeing the last three matches in the league, um, they've given up – here we go now. Uh, let me get this right. Uh, one, one. They no no clean sheets in their last three. So where they were not giving up anything, they're starting to give up goals. And I will tell you that the reason for that is no N'Golo Kante. This team is at its greatest and at sure. its most indestructible when Kante is in there. It's not just the defense. It's mm-hmm. everything. It's defense to attack. It's passes it's running with the ball the drop off from Conte to Ruben Loftus cheek is about the difference between their height which is like 62 to 54 it's not <laughs> the same like all the pieces are the same and then the other pieces Marcus Alonso from Chilwell is also a drop off this team has depth we've been he's lauding a very it. streaky player though yeah he's very streaky well he's just and- not he just doesn't have he's not as lithe and lively and getting in the box so it, it, they're just not as good. They have good players. They have a lot of depth, but when they cannot replace Conte. Conte so is the irreplaceable object. Let's look into that a little bit more. Let's talk about it. Manchester United, and, and this is a spoiler alert because their six won the game for them, uh-huh. but we've talked all year long about how all they needed to do was buy a six, and I mean like a world-class six. Right? Yep. A Declan Rice yep. West Ham has. Chelsea has Conte. You you know over the years you've had that that Fernandinho role now you've got Rodri in that role. Um, Rodri's been why, fucking incredible. Why is it that that it, let me ask let me preface it with a question: Is the number six is the defensive midfielder the most underrated role on the club by the clubs themselves? What I mean is they just they can't help themselves. These big teams they want to get another. Sc- attacking winger or a, a fullback or a big meaty center back, right? It's not, it's not sexy. It's not, it's just, there's it doesn't sell shirts. It. Yeah. It's, um, it's offensive linemen. It's, you yes. know, I mean, I think people understand that now, but the punditry and coverage within mainstream sport coverage, let's say your, you know, Gary Neville, Carragher and whatever, or actually, those guys are pretty knowledgeable, but I'd say you know, they, they talk about it. They talk about it in a little bit of context, and they do a decent job of it. But you know, your 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 talk sport, who we go after a lot, especially now that we're we're growing in the UK. Hello, all right. Um, uh, yeah, you I hope know, they like they all those German jokes to start. Yeah, yeah, they love that. They love that. <laughs> they love that. Uh, they're in with those jokes. Um, it's just difficult to for the layperson to see the play that happens three phases before that got you up the pitch, right? Yeah, it sure. might be there's an attack that happens. The guy does an interception, maybe passes it back to his defenseman. They go it out to the wing. It's at the number 10 and they're off, right? It's not clear. Same reason Rodri is not really appreciated. It's it's one of these roles that you've got to watch the team on a regular basis to know the effect that the guy has. So, And it's not sexy to say, oh, Chelsea are slipping because – Conte's not playing. And then they go, they got a billion dollars. They should have depth. Yes, but the difference between Conte and everyone else is massive, well, right? Okay, and I was going to touch on that too. Yes, I'm not arguing that. And there is no argument for it. But if you were to get a number, 
a replacement level guy who, by the way, Ruben Loftus-Cheek in that role is not replacement level. He's below average. Yeah. And this is not a knock on him. This is to say that anybody West Ham brings in behind Declan Rice is going to be significantly below average. Yeah. Okay. Scott McTominay, not average, right? Like, no. so, so that's the thing where it's not so much that you need to try and find the next Conte. It's not that you need to roll out too deep in N'Golo Conte's. It's that you just have to have a guy who's not going to lose a game for you in that role, right? Because as we said, A, he's getting up there. B, he's sort of been made of glass over the years. Well, he's uh, just he just takes those two things he's too little. Worse. He gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, no, of course, but that goes on. It yeah, gets, but the, th- the thing exactly. is, is that without when you don't have Conte, Jorginho gets exposed. You can ask of any course. Chelsea fan. They're just like, he's incredible. He ticks the ball over, but he lost them that United game because who would have been in that spot when the ball went in the air? Sure. Conte no, would have been there. And Jorginho today also put a ball into Mendy that essentially cost him a goal because Mendy wasn't ready for it. And that confidence level, Mendy starts to look worse because he's getting more shots on target that are less protection. There's le- like, it's this, and then we go back to my, what, get ready for drinking. Football is a weak link sport. Yep. <laughs> Which go. means uh, when that, one of those, we, when, when, when your strongest link in the chain now becomes something you strung together with duct tape, then you're really much weaker because this well, thing especially holding, because, yeah, you're it was holding everything together. It. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're you're counting on that. Yeah. If there's a weak link that you're used to having, if it's Marcus Alonso, let's say you're yeah. like, oh, okay, let's play down the right, you know, like yeah. whatever. Like you're keeping the ball away from them. Yeah. But if it's a central and b something that's a focal point of your not just your attack but your 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 everything, it's your then, identity. Yeah. Yeah, your identity. Then it sort of falls apart. It seems much easier, right? Yeah. Um And and. Now, yeah, it's just – it's hard. But that's what I mean. I just don't understand why – I mean, I, I do, right? But – It's hard. It's just a hard for position me, to find. And for you, okay, fine. For for – if I'm managing a team yeah. and I have N'Golo Kante and I know he's old and I know he's sort of broken at this point, yeah. how the fuck <laughs> is that not your first, second, and third priority? Like you went out and you spent $100 million on – Romelu Lukaku, you didn't need him. He's barely playing, right? Yeah, Injury, I, it, fine, yeah. It it is it is weird. I don't understand it. Doing? Maybe there's a little bit of blind spot. Maybe they think that um, uh, your boy, who's who's the young guy, that's a that's a loney at Norwich, will come Skip. in. No, no, no. The other one, oh, not from your oh. team. The the kid who's the Chelsea kid. I can't. The Scottish kid. Uh, Billy Gilmore. Can't remember. Yeah, maybe they think Gilmore will become that. Maybe they think they can cover it with Saul. Maybe they think, you know, anything. I don't know the answer. But I think we should go through the game Saul, because Saul, you know what? I should say I should stop. Saul was that, that guy for that. Yeah, right. okay. All right. So okay. so or or Mount can be that or whatever. So the game starts uh Chelsea of course don't score goals from strikers because they never do. Uh Thiago puts them up early from and then then things, this is the first mistake. Lanzini scores a penalty on the Jorginho back pass. My guy, Jared Bowen, one of the classic uh, fan tracks uh, trackers, because I hunted his ass down when he had 20 goals at the break at Hull before West Ham bought him. He was one of my favorite players. He bum rushes Mendy. Mendy can clear it, but Bowen gets on top of him. Mendy brings him down. Lanzini steps up. Then, of course, I mean, showing Chelsea have good resilience. Mason went with a killer, killer on the half volley uh, strike. Puts Chelsea up. Chelsea up 2-1. First of all, they shouldn't even give up one. Chelsea winning is about as hardcore a game over as you can do. Then at the half, West Ham lose another defender. At this point, West Ham have none of their regular defenders. They don't have Zuma, who's hurt. Uh, he he misses the game. It's, it's Dawson and Diop. Yeah. And then Ben Johnson drops out of the game. So they've got basically no defenders left. Um, Lukaku comes on at halftime for Havertz, who did nothing. Then Bowen with a killer strike from Kufal. West Ham are up. They are, sorry, the game's tied. Ziyech comes off. Pulisic comes on for uh, Alonso. But the interesting thing here is Zuma comes off not for a defender, but for four nows. Rice drops into defense, and Moyes is telling his guys, you guys are good. 
We're not afraid of Chelsea. Yeah. Pablo's get, we're going to go get this fucking win right now. Takes Lanzini off, brings on Benrama. So they're going for it. Moyes has told his team, fuck Chelsea. We're at home. We're West Ham. We're in the top four. We're going to get this thing. There's a run on the outside. So Masuaku should never score this goal, but there's a run on the, out, on the outside that opens up the space in a weird way, an overlapping run. Somehow there's a moment to stop blocking the cross. Chelsea kind of just a half a second of confusion. And Masuaku just tries to cross it into the box. He mishits it or does it on purpose. It basically throws a knuckleball into the top corner. Mendy isn't even looking at it because he's assuming the cross is going to come ac- across the front of the goal and bend the other way. And it pops in and West Ham get the winner in the 87th minute. Incredible scenes. West Ham blowing bubbles. And um, yeah. And staying Kelsey. in the top four. Staying you know? in the top four when like the pressure is on for real sure. now. Yeah, yeah, no, because really, and we'll talk really about good it result. over the course of the other games. But you know, we talked about how there's two teams, three teams, and then there's ten, right? Yeah, there's, there's uh, three that's and ten. starting to the the form is starting to the gel is starting to harden, right? Like yeah. we're starting to see, okay, you're falling away, you're falling away. Now it's it, it, there's still a ton of games in the next thirty days, and there's still a lot of wiggle room for this to change. But the tea leaves, we're almost at the halfway point. You're starting to be like, okay, this is really who you are. Uh, And more importantly, this is who you aren't, right? And this is, again, I think the first lesson that we learned, I think there's three teams, maybe four if you count West Ham. There's three teams that we learned something definitively about. And Chelsea was the first one, right? It's like, hey, you're not not a title challenge. You're just not. and, And again, I say that on December 7th, Two points off the top. I mean, the different, listen, like I said, it's 35 goals for XG of 27, nine goals against XG of 15. They Everything about them says they're not as good as their, yes. as their numbers. Yes. So they've slid down just a little bit, not too bad, but, but Liverpool test? and City are the real, they are playing to their numbers and real, right? Everyone else is relatively close together, except for Crystal Palace, which is weirdly a plus, even though they're down in 14th. Yeah. Um, next up, the fucking awful shit heels that are Liverpool. Uh, I had a <sighs> feeling about this Wolves team playing well, and they did play well. They defended for their fucking lives, but they were organized. I didn't feel as though they were lucky. They had they. I mean, they took one off the line. I think. Um, but, but Liverpool find a fucking way to get this done. Yes, the XG, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. It was still an incredible performance from Wolves. Um, but, of course, what happens? Origi off the bench. Origi finishes. It's just like, can this just not happen, please? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was just that. I mean, there's really not much else to talk about. Okay. We know that we talk about, we talk about often how good Liverpool are. Uh, you know, they're the best team in the world. I still think their 11 is better than City's 11 because City are 22 deep. So I don't know which of the 11 from City are the best 11, but I know who the best 11 in Liverpool are. So uh, uh, City can play four 11s for all I care, but Liverpool's 11 is as good as anyone's. Yeah, you can almost argue that their biggest strength is that they are exactly like, okay, going into the biggest game of the year, we didn't know city's exact lineup i feel like we should if it we was don't. liverpool and, and in the championship that's final the, and that's the problem i wish i kind of wish that there wasn't other people because then pep wouldn't pick them i've <laughs> said that for years you have to take the toys away um, <laughs> yeah it's just like for fuck's sake but listen let's basketball. go back to what i just said about chelsea yeah. champions find ways to win when they're not at their best liverpool yeah. this is just the latest example and and you don't need us to tell you that you could go back to 10 examples in the last calendar year where you're like, are you fucking kidding me again? Yeah. yeah are you yeah. serious? They just, Liverpool? they just do this. And Tiago was the leader in touches. So you get a sense that Tiago is there for the moments like this. He controlled this game as much as he could, as much as, you know, wolves were heroic and uh, you know, they played well and they, they looked like they were going to get this draw, but no uh, Liverpool move on. They stay in touching distance. So for a moment there, they were in first, they jumped, they jumped over, um, they jumped over Chelsea. Chelsea had seemed to be 
slipping a bit, seemed to be cruising down. The City game comes up next. City just annihilate Watford, and I don't think it's even close. It's one of these games where, you know, if I look at this, as I watched the game, I was like, oh, typical City. They kind of don't have a killer instinct. They don't have a striker. And it's just looking at it from the surface. But then you look at the first, you look at the stats, and it's like City had 26 shots on target. I mean, 26 shots, 12 on target. The first half is just like a complete and utter dominant performance. But, you know, they couldn't get a goal until, you know, um, until uh, Bernardo Silva once again comes up with the, uh, sorry, Raheem Sterling early, sorry. Uh, Raheem Sterling early, you think they're going to just batter them. Then Silva with two more, one in the later in the first, and then later in the in the second half. But it was pure dominance, more of the same from City. It now the record after the so so Watford scored a goal, and in their last six games, I believe City were outscoring Watford twenty nil until the goal was scored. So it's just like a pure dominance, destructive force. City not even playing not even getting out of first gear. They roll in and just like, oh, we're going to bring on Jack Grealish and Phil Foden for this game. And then uh, we're going to do some changes. We'll um, we'll bring on De Bruyne, Mares, and Jesus as our subs from the 67th minute on. It's just like not fair. The depth is there. City pull into first place. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't let it go, honestly. They're so good right now, even though they don't finish, which is weird. They're they are the opposite of Neil Mope. Well, actually, they're exactly the same as Neil Mope, except without the sodomy. <laughs> I can't hear you, Mike. I was on mute. Uh, I want to talk about Watford and take the devil's advocate approach on something. That's why you got that drivel about Man City for so long. Um, <laughs> so, no, I look at the table and I look at Watford with four wins, one draw, ten losses, and they're minus thirteen goal difference right now. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Uh, I'm sorry, they're minus nine. Excuse me. Um, yeah, sure. But when I look at Burnley, now they're Watford are in 17th. Burnley currently in the first place of the relegation zone, uh, one, seven and six with a minus seven. Now we've always talked about the, from a philosophical perspective of go try and win games, regardless of opponents, uh, three points are better than one. You have to, you have it, to only win it's one. Every true in the game. mid table, but it, in the bottom, those single points, so they here's where it matters the most, right? <laughs> I think I and it's it's negligible right now. It's only two. But when Watford play to win and they attack, and you see Leeds do this too, they get their doors blown off sometimes. sometimes. You lose goals, right? Yeah. And, and goal difference matters at the bottom. It doesn't at matter the bottom, in the yes. table. No. So that could be something that that at the end of the year you're looking at it like, fuck, we have to go win this game because a tie does us nothing, a draw does us nothing because even if we draw even with Burnley for 17th place, then they've got us on goal difference by five. So yeah, um, I've always, you know, we've, like I said, we've always said, you know, go try and win games as neutrals looking at these teams. We're always, of course, we want to see the best teams in, in attacking football, but maybe, I mean, maybe there is something to the big Sam's of the world, right? Like, um, I, I hate it. I hate that I'm saying it. And again, it's the devil's advocate point of view, but Burnley are three points behind Watford, and we'll talk about why in a second. But I almost feel like they might be in a better position than Watford if they can't go ahead and get some wins. Now, Watford is certainly more explosive. Well, Burnley, Burnley have some tough news. They lost, they've lost Cornet for a while. Is he out? I don't know how long, but losing Cornet during oh, the Christmas terrible. period yeah. is bad. Right? I mean, yeah. Burnley are on, you know, they're on, they just lost, but they had. They had been on a four-game w- unbeaten run with one win. <laughs> well, now, but that uh, they lose a relegation six-pointer at, at Newcastle, yeah, it, right? Because yeah, now you're hurt. looking at. I mean, speaking of goal difference, Norwich is on minus fucking twenty-three. What? Yeah, but look at them. They're all on like now. But now it's getting. Points. They're all on ten, right? Like so. So the Dean, the Dean Smith appointment has made a huge difference. Those two wins put them right back in with the rest of the group. Sure. Uh, and a couple tr- of draws. Yeah, we trust, we trust in Daesh for some reason. We don't know about Norwich. We don't know about Newcastle. So it's very, very tight. Like it's, 
there's i mean i don't i can't imagine palace would go down but they're on 16 watford are on 13 uh sorry chris palace leads in southampton are on 16 watford is on 13 and then is three on 10 so it's not that far off uh the six points but i we all imagine that it's we all imagine that palace leads southampton won't go down but they could i mean oh, sure. i don't know they could, they yeah, could get they pulled in could. Uh, I think the issue for the issue for Southampton is they can't score. Um, but you know, they're on XG of 20, but only scored 14 goals. That's brutal. Yeah. That is right there. That's Danny Ings. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we do have to go to the most high profile game, not the best game to watch, but the most probably interesting game to watch, which was Man United one, uh, one nil to Man United against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace um, play the generic team that United play. I don't think it necessarily matters that they were in this game. They were not at their best. I didn't like what I saw from them. Gallagher couldn't really get in the game. But the first 30 to 25 minutes of United was the best I've seen them play, oh God, years as a unit. Yeah, and so during this game, you talked to me, you sent me something. Um, Yeah. And you were basically saying something along the lines of, you know, it's been this many games for United since I went, stop, stop. Because you have to look at United as before Ole and post Ole, right? Like, because there's just no other way to look at them other than that prism. Because when you look at this season, there are 38 games, which means there are, what, 23 to go Mm -hmm. for Manchester United. There's 60% of the season, roughly 65, whatever you want to say. Yeah. There's a lot of racetrack left. And if Manchester United, you want to talk about an easy schedule, they have sure cupcake of cupcakes. I mean, it is laughable how like it's almost like the gods fucking had them change their manager. Here, you ready for the like the next ten? Go for it. Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa, West Ham. They don't play. They'll lose to Wolves. They don't play a big six (laughs) club until March. Fifth, stop it. March fifth, when they play City again. Then the back half of the season, they go through hell. Nightmare. Then it's yeah. City, Spurs, Liverpool, Ooh. Leicester, <laughs> and then Chelsea at the end. But they fun. basically have a run here where they, if they won five in a row, or Nobody you know, if they won, yeah, if they if out of their next thirty, they got twenty five points. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, that really cements my suspicions and my fears that <laughs> that the narrative. There, no. I mean, look, they're a point behind Spurs. They're three points behind West Ham. Uh, there's no reason why of those three teams. And I think, despite my comments about Chelsea, I want to be clear. They're still. Oh, they're better than those teams. They're comfortably right again. There's now. There's there. The oil and the vinegar and all the other sediments are sort sort of separating, right? And so you've got yeah. the 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 top tier is two. Uh, Chelsea's alone in the the second tier, if you will, at, at three. And then the third tier, I really think it's a three horse race. Uh, and I and I'm putting Spurs in it for now. And I I don't necessarily you should believe that. you should because because you have Conte we have Conte, Conte an and, and we've got coach. and we've got Oliver Skip and but, you've got uh, and you've got Kane to start scoring. Well, that's the thing, right? We're here, and Sonny and Kane have been absent for the most. Well, Sonny's part. been so, good. I've been fine. Uh, but he hasn't been, he wasn't, listen, he hasn't been anywhere near the first half of a year ago. And I'm not yeah, saying yeah, yeah. he should be, no, he can't find me the way. difference. Find me yeah, the middle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and additionally, there's a direct correlation between Kane's quality and son's quality. Right. So yeah, they connect together. Yeah. They yeah. Have a- Kane is starting to do things. He's just not showing up on the score sheet. And what I mean, yeah, no, he, he well, the thing I noticed, so we'll, I'll go back to United, but I, there was a moment that he took the ball, you know, just inside the midfield, maybe in the final third. And he yeah. turned and ran. And I was like, oh, he can yeah. run again. Because yeah. he couldn't. Right. I was like, what's wrong? He can't run. Yeah. And <laughs> and so he's starting to effectively wake up, right? And His and body's starting to work. He's starting getting, yeah. He's getting a lot more hockey assists, which yeah. don't go down in the book. But those are, the, you know, he's setting up plays that are being finished off by others. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, my point is, is that that. That tier, you have to put West Ham in it, whether you like it or not. Well, they're there. They've got the United. points in the pocket, right? They're there. Right. Um, I do. I do want to talk about the Rangnick thing. United really worked hard. 
really played as a unit. If you are familiar with the best versions of Southampton, they basically played like Southampton play with the this this idea of the 4-2-2-2 where it's a very narrow group and the they play with two tens and two nines. So it's a very weird system where they take their wingers and they bring them inside and expect them to work out. But what that does is it stops counterattacks because they're a big central box in the middle and they played really well. And, and they, to be fair, exciting, especially the first 25 minutes. I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I'm scared. What's going to happen to the rest of us now that they have coaching? Um, but then they kind of first half peters out. Then the second half is just gross. It's just kind of stop, start, lots of fouls, no real chances on either side here or there. There were some little things. And then Fred showed up uh, with a really nice finish late in the game to put United through. I thought I it was just after Jordan Ayew, who I didn't understand why he was playing. It was like, why is Ayew playing when you have Alisi and, Alisi and Eze? It didn't make sense to me. Uh, Zaha did his usual thing where when he plays against teams that are actually good, he can't do shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Very normal stuff. Uh, Benteke didn't really do much. Nobody really did anything for Palace. It's kind of disappointing from their perspective. You know, I always have a soft spot for Palace. They just, they've got something good going. I kind of wanted them to do more. But United get the win. They have their first clean sheet ever, it feels like. It feels like they haven't had a clean sheet in eons. The fact that their defense actually functioned was incredible because their last, they've had four clean sheets. One was in week three. And then, oh, they shut out Tottenham when Nuno was just being a bitch. Yeah, Nuno on his last leg. Yeah. So the best game, the best game in Tottenham Hotspur history. (laughs) Yeah. That was the greatest. Oh, thank God. You know, but that was decisive to be fair about Spurs. Like that, that, that's really illustrative of, the difference between Spurs having decisive management, whether you like it or not, and, oh, and no, what I, happens I, at United, I, where I they fucked really... up and they should have signed him anyway. Now, they may win in the end with Rangnick. I feel like Rangnick is more of what United need rather than Conte. They would, if, if they had gotten Conte, they'd be still in the same cycle, and they'd still be needing Rangnick later. But Rangnick yeah, feels like... Yeah, it's almost as if like there's the... The name brand is actually rarely the thing that gets you where you want to go. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the polished diamond that nobody actually really yeah. They, notices what they for needed some what they needed was like a a provost of a university who's going into a school that has bad fraternities, right? And he's yeah. going to clean it up. You know, they need yeah. Dean Wormer. They're going to put United is on double secret probation, right? And uh, you know, it's time. Zero yeah. point zero. <laughs> so so Rangnick is there getting things sorted out uh and and it was good and I, I'm nervous I think that United will be good now all of a sudden they have a coach and the Germans have come they've invaded they have now bombing London uh the radar oh, all the way up to Manchester them. yeah they did not uh the radar did not catch them as they were flying over and this is what would have happened if uh the if the Germans had won and now they're here um <laughs> There's a there's a couple more games we can we Let's can skip now around get in. a little bit. Let's yeah, go, we can jump. We just talked about how those three teams. Yeah. Um, the, the, listen, Spurs won three 0 What I'll say about it is, it was uncomfortable and it was three 0 And Spurs are the only team who can ever fucking accomplish that. And that's all I want to really say about it. Next, <laughs> um, because when we look at the table, right, like that's that four five six. But what I was going to finish that thought was to say that United have to be the favorite for four. Absolutely, one thousand percent. They're going to make and, and, and it. They'll be too there. far gone to really be a title challenger. I oh think, no, 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 because, they can't get there. And it's it's not that they can't make up nine, ten points. No, it's, it's that, that they, those other teams won't drop another. Like, it's that Man City and Liverpool won't drop ten points. The rest between of the Man City and Liverpool, there's probably if there are five losses between them, I'd be shocked. Right now, between you mean, no for the rest of the season, the rest of the way, sure, yeah. Like it's going to be one of these. They're going to get into that eighty-five to that eighty-six to ninety-two point range. Sure. Yeah, I they're agree. gone. They're long gone. Yep. And then, well, yeah, I mean, we'll... if you extrapolate it, it's seventy right now for City over thirty games, and that's another nine games is twenty-seven points. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're in that eighty-five range. You're right. 
anyway, um, but so I think that, you know, United probably at the end of the day, especially with the run you just told me about. They're going to take off. But, but the one caveat is, is that it's almost as if you want to play some big games over the, over the holiday break, because you're just, you're going to fucking drop points at some point. Anyway, you might yeah. as well, you know, well, I mean, losing that's, the that, points that, you should that's, have. That's the other piece that's difficult. Yeah, I mean, is, reverse engineering, and I get it. Yeah, but, but no, the other piece is there's weird results during this period. So for for, for the for the uninitiated, there's like they just England for some reason, unlike the rest of Europe, plays through Christmas. Not just plays, plays like three times as often as they normally do, and then the rest of Europe takes a break. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, we're done. We're good. Yeah, we're we're good. Um, so but what yeah, I was going where, to say, where do, to, was, where do you want to jump around? Yeah, to? and so all that was setting up uh, today's game or yesterday's game, I should say, Everton versus Arsenal uh, is yes. a very interesting one. Um, but as we look at the table right now, Arsenal sits seventh, and they're only a point behind United. But damn, doesn't that feel like it's ten? Like it's they're just, not. They're not in the same class. They're not there, and that's what I mean about the the the, the levels and the the um just these groups of teams starting to separate and Arsenal. Sure. Maybe are they the best of the rest? Maybe, probably not, but maybe, um, but they sit at seventh right now. What did you have them in the, in the, uh, I had them in top five. No, I say, I say for them to be finished fifth. I did. Oh, I I thought it was six, but nonetheless. So if it was sixth, fifth, whatever, it's fine. They're right around where you said they'd be. They were, they are who you thought they were. Um, I just this is a game like you said, Paper Tiger. This is this is the game that Arsenal nailed on loses. And I wish I had my wits about me because that would have been one of my best bets on Thursday. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the thing is, is Everton were awful. Yeah, and just not like good. no, no, not this game, but it, they had been coming off a terrible run where it was just they just gotten smoked by by um by Liverpool. It was all like Rafa's dead. This team's finished. But they found a way, and you yeah, know, and Rafa, yet, Rafa gets 36, himself 36% possession. They had two goals disallowed, and they scored two. And one of the one of them I that mean, they scored, the winner was ridiculous. Like I just watched it. It's yeah. from another time zone. Sure. Although they didn't get out to him. He's a good player, but that's a goal he scores one out of every 15. And when tries. I look at this rundown, like, and I saw a little bit of the game I, I was working today, so I couldn't catch yeah. a lot of it, but Arsenal, 588 passes, <laughs> but shots on target, three. Like, it's just much ado about nothing for the Gunners. Well, Aubameyang, and, Aubameyang shit the bed again, as usual. Oh, uh, that's weird. Uh, and Katia hit the bar. I mean, they, they're missing finishing. They're missing now. They're missing veteran leadership. But I, I think I still stand by where, where uh, Arsenal are. They're still in that. They're up and down. They lose a couple. Their confidence drops. Then they'll play someone shitty. They'll beat them. They'll feel good and start playing well again. It's that kind of thing. It, no, what's no, funny is what's funny is they have a cerebral coach in in Arteta. What they really needed was Steve Gerrard, which is pretty funny. Oh because my goodness! Could you imagine that? He's got a fire behind his players for all that Englishness that they have in that room too. Yeah, and he's got he's got Villa really playing well. They yeah. beat they beat Leicester. I watched the game and I for some reason don't remember it as well as I'd like to. I'm gonna pop open the scores and look at the scoring again. Oh, it's Konza twice. <laughs> I yeah. remember now. Uh, and Harvey Barnes with a good goal. They went up first, and then Konza scored a couple. Uh, one late. There was a disallowed goal in this one that was just an abomination. With Schmeichel, who I said was falling apart and a bad goalkeeper, and he nearly gave up a goal. And Konza put it in before, but uh, Schmeichel had his hand on the ball. Then the ball is kicked out from under his hand, and the VAR says that he has control of it. Yeah. It's sh- it's a shocking decision. Uh, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, it, It's one of these things where they'll have to change the rule because it's dumb. <laughs> they just have to do that, right? It's one of these things. I think... I think Leicester is actually in bad shape for two reasons. Yeah. Schmeichel is one, Soyuncu's the other. They can't seem to defend anymore. What happened, I think, in the Euros with Turkey, getting the doors blown off them, has damaged Soyuncu, who I really liked. 
a lot. I was a fan. As I, I'm a fan. He's got a lot of Otamendi tendencies, though, these days, doesn't he? Yeah, yes, I think I can see the same thing. The thing is, they have Vestergaard. Why don't they just? I guess they that's have so him. strange. We talked about that as one of like the low key. That's Good such signing. a Lester buy. Yeah. Right. The, pro- the problem is, is that if they play, buy. if they play Evans and Vestergaard, you just run past them. Run right by them. Yeah, I get right? that. Right, because 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 is really fast. Yeah. But he's he's now becoming a liability. I, I'm I'm not worried for Rodgers. I think he's fine. I'm just worried for Lester. And I'm disappointed that DACA didn't get on the score sheet because he was so good. He was really lively. We all love Pats and DACA, but it feels like he needs to score goals or else he'll just get taken off from so the game. You're and not then worried our, about our, Lester. Our, and then the other piece is like Lester played well with our friend Kalechi, nine and a half, Ian Acho, uh, and they stopped playing him for Madison, who, yeah, he's. I don't. I wonder if there's a way that they can get Ihanacho, Madison, Vardy, Barnes in together. They have that problem. They've got the same players over and over again. And I think really what they would need to have happen is they need to have Vardy go so that they can play well, the younger players. Or they need to have Madison go realistically, and they they missed the window to sell big on him. But... They should have sold him to Arsenal, <clears throat> and then Arsenal wouldn't have um, wouldn't have Odegaard. Right. <laughs> So um, it's one of those sliding doors. I think Odegaard's better, honestly. No, I, I, think, I, I think Madison is a little too I think slight. Madison had, if you go back two years ago, I think you'd rather have Madison. Right. right? At, the, at the point of sale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, Matt, it's funny because they're friends, but like Madison reminds me a lot of Delhi. And <laughs> it's just like, hey, man, on any day, you could be better than everybody here. You just don't fucking want it bad enough. That's what yeah. I get out of Madison. Um, I think he does one. Injuries. I think he, he he got hurt. I think yeah, he's, he's, I was a couple he's, opportunities where he got hurt between the two. He's had some injuries and he's working through them still. But yeah. um, it's I just still... it's weird. He also doesn't play back right. And the the no. way to get all of those players in the field at the same time is have Madison go from a ten to an eight, and yeah. he's either incapable, unwilling, or Rogers is unwilling, or some semblance like some synergy of the three of those things. The, the, the thing is, is, is Lester has a poor man's Conte in Ndidi. He's pretty good. The problem is, yeah. is that Johnny Evans is bad. And their, def- okay. their two defenders are, they have injuries. I get it. Whatever. I mean, the bigger thing for me is, is what um, Gerard's doing with Villa. This is the Villa we thought we were going to have. Yeah. Right. This is the team that's now in the top 10, they jump over Leicester into kind of their space. And now I can see them pushing into that eight, nine area and sure. being up there with that weird team. You know, there's, there's clearly like Villa belongs in the Arsenal West Ham area of the, of the so, table and the rest yeah, of it. We're going to continue shape. to go from the talent wise, group. right? They'll go up as the season goes along. Yeah. If, if we're going to continue to have those groups, right? I started yeah. this by saying Arsenal at seven. If you're looking at the table currently, Arsenal, Wolves, Brighton, Villa, Leicester. Is there anybody there that you go, eh, okay, seven through 10, seven through 11? Yeah. That makes sense yeah, for it's, basically it's a, all of those teams. Group. The, weak, the weak link is Everton needs to be – did you say Everton? Well, right Everton. now they're in 12th, yeah, but like – Yeah, but Everton Everton really is in that – it's a, it's a, it's a real, and these are the ambitious group, right? This is like the teams that want to be higher, um, with the exception of Arsenal, I suppose. But th- they get a pass this year historically. And they're so like, big, the they're so they have yeah, like no, if no. I, I bet I'm you, not if you on them. right if you took the freaking payrolls of the three teams underneath yeah. them, they could yeah. fit into Arsenal's. Like Arsenal's still oh, totally. playing way over the numbers. And they trying fit to fit into fucking Young's car, which is why he's late to games all the time. Fucking picking everybody up. You've got no, you've you've any of these teams, I go, okay. The honestly big surprise for me in this group is Lester being, being in bad. the group at all. Right. They they they've been, you know, what it, oh, what was the stat? This was the craziest thing. During the game I listened, they said that Lester has spent in the past two years, Leicester spent more time in the top four than any team in the Premier League. I believe that. Because they fell out that. of the top four on the last day of the season, two seasons yeah. in a row. Yeah. And City had some time out. Liverpool fell out for a lot of the season. Chelsea yeah. almost missed it. You know, United, obviously, but they were nailed on. It's they're the yes, you are right. They are the dead weight, and it's a defensive problem for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, and I think, 
I think that Rodgers has his head turned too. I think he's kind of bored there. I think he's done what he can and you know, like you said, he, got, he dropped he got, out of the last yeah, He got and the thing is, is like to make fun of Spurs, because I have to, he got his FA Cup, he got his trophy, he did what sure. he was supposed to do. Sure. He can walk away and go, Hey, I won something here. Uh, this matters, you know, unlike you know, Spurs who seem to they you guys need that yeah, thing. Sure. You need Appreciate that silverware. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it matters. Hey, no, you're you 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 draw you drew the the Morkham shrimpers. Listen, motherfucker, uh, it's FA your Cup. birthday, so I'm gonna be nice to you about that shot. I'm gonna give you that one for free. But no, I, I like. But you're sitting there, Lester in eleventh. You're under five hundred. I don't under, and and yet I wanted to say goal scoring was the problem. The sixth in the league in goals. Yeah, it's that, a defense. It's a defense defensive is, problem. And like I said, Schmeichel, Schmeichel's bad. He's secretly bad, but yeah, they I can't get, get rid of him. I get that. Um. Well, and, any other games? We we should probably touch Leeds on. Which one? But let's Leeds Brentford, and then we're gonna finish up with the big finale. Like we did last week. So let's talk quickly about Leeds and Brentford. No Leeds and Tony, Brentford. No awesome. party. Yeah. Uh, really fun little game here. Um, you know, uh, Leeds went up. Then Batiste brought it back. Uh, Brentford are up. They look like they've got this game in hand. The goalie's up in the 95th minute. My guy, Luke Ailing, assists to Banford. Crowd awesome. goes wild. Awesome. He gets the card for taking his shirt off. It's not a coincidence that Ailing and freaking um, that Luke Ailing and uh, Branford are back and Leeds are winning. Those two wow. guys, this team Get, didn't have results. the depth. This is this was um, this was uh, Ailing's first game in a while. Yeah. He's back. He makes a difference. He makes their man bun uh, equation make sense. So now they're back where they need to be. Rafinha with the assists on the, on late the first winner, goal. Our late, late draw. And that's going to be the segue. We talked last week about Neil Mope. <laughs> okay. There was a clip from our show. And if you haven't seen it, go. What, what, what you had it? It was time stamped. You don't it even was have, like don't the four, It's like the 44th minute of If last you're week, into but. this this episode this long, you probably listened to it at that point. But go back and go about the 45 minute mark. Listen to Laurent go on about Neil Mope. About he's the kind of guy that's going to steal your girl and sodomize her. Okay. It went so further than that. Up. It's even better than that. There was it's there even better than references that. to window wipes. Oh, there's a million things. Yeah, no, we had a, we we had almost a spit take. It was a lot. Okay. It's a good bit. <laughs> now come back to Saturday. Oh, and that God. sets the scene for Southampton leading one nil most of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And enter Neil Mope. Go ahead. Take it away. Uh, Neil Mope. Uh, he looks like he's offside. It's a free kick. Something goes on. I think Southampton's keeper is injured, but still in the game and asks James Ward Prowse to run into the line. And then, so the shot comes, he runs back, the shot comes off, and then James Ward-Prowse is running back up to try and play Neil Mope offside. But the shot goes wild. Mope takes a shot, like an atom ball, shot right at him, right to his feet. He takes a touch, slams it home, gets the draw. And as I'm watching it, the announcers shout, it's the Neil Mope again. He puts it in again. And I just, the way he they put, he, he puts it, it in. in. He slides it in. He puts it in. I just couldn't deal with it because, as we know, he's the friend. And then he does the taunting that he does on the road, uh, the way a crap shit heel French guy does. The same way, the same sort of thing that we've been talking about. His sodomizing ways of stealing wives, stealing girlfriends. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. It's fucking Neil Mope, and he's getting draws late for Brighton. And then draws he, it, he, he draws for everyone and he sticks it in again. This is a man who is a menace to society and we have to watch out for him. But I do wish Brighton would get some goddamn wins because, uh, you know, my friend, Mr. Mr. Potter doesn't look as good when he's just drawing games and sliding down the table. Like, like, down, like Mope slides in into your Mrs. DMs. Hey, there you go. I was going to say her sliding into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a family show. It's a family something show. Something slippery. <laughs> oh my god! It would be amazing if he did the swan dive celebration. Oh god. If he does, I can't. I can't with Neil Mopin. <laughs> I think I really, you know. So he was another one of those guys that I had identified for Brentford when Brentford went from Mope Watkins to Tony. 
So they were like creating, scoring center forwards that they would then sell on for $45 million, right? So they sold yeah. Mope to Brighton for 25 and then Watkins for 40. They still got Tony. They'll move Tony on eventually when they, they'll just Hopefully go, Bueno, you're the guy. They'll just move him Bueno over. Yeah. And and then he'll they'll they'll be doomed because he can't hit the side of a fucking barn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, Neil Mopay's evil. Uh he is sliding it in where in a town near you. Where is his next uh where is his next port of call? Not your mother. But uh <laughs> where is his next port of call? I need to know I need to know who Brighton play next. I think it's West Ham. Uh so that, that should be yeah, West Ham and oh no, it's you! <laughs> oh fuck me in the ass! Not you, Neil. Wow, they really have drawn. Wow, wow. They looking at you should just look. This is an incredible. To. I don't want to. This is an incredible. I almost have to share a screen <clears throat> just to show you their, uh, just to show you where the poor. Look at that! Look at that run of fixtures for for fucking Brighton. That's that's yeah. pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Those are blue. Good. That's a lot of blue. Uh oh, we're in crazy town. Oh my goodness, so many mirrors. Anyway, so that is the show. Uh, what else have we got? Do we have any betting? I don't think any of our bets went through. I don't think uh, I, I no, took, I I took Brentford, any. but didn't actually put the bet down, and they ended up drawing in the last minute because that sucked. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, no, I, I don't really have. We'll we'll talk about that on Thursday though, but ahead of the week, but ahead of the weekend. But. Oh, we, we we have one thing. What do you got? Newcastle earning their first win of the season. Big deal for them. Big right, deal. We talked about the bottom of the table. Eddie Howe off the Schneid was. Oh, that was the Schneids. I don't. Need to talk A lot about of Schneids. Too They're off Schneids. the Schneid. We're on the Schneid. That's the beauty of doing the rundown before the show. We don't have to feel bad about leaving someone out. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. There you go. It's the new style. Do you guys like the new style? Do you hate it? Tell us. Yeah, let us know. We listen. Okay. Let's get the fuck out of here. Birthday that boy. was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Neil Mope, Mike Salerno, and Laurent Cortines, uh, specifically talking about bums. The football wing, We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays and birthdays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. We want to thank Fan Hub for bringing people our way. We assume that your growth is our growth and we have growths everywhere like uh, hookers who have been with Neil Mope. And if you're (laughs) listening on Apple, please rate and review the show and do not hold it against us that we're raunchy dirtbags.